0: Hey, Industrial Talk is brought to you by Cap Logistics. You want to minimize downtime? Absolutely. Increase reliability? You bet. Ensure operational profitability? Yes, you do. That means you need 24 7, 365 insights into your supply chain. Look no further. Cap Logistics. Go to caplogistics.com or just call them. They're great people. Eight hundred two two seven twenty four seventy one. Also, TX1. Now, you know cybersecurity is important if you're on this digital transformation journey. TX1 Networks has the solutions for you. And you're saying to yourself, Scott, they're going to be complex. They're going to be difficult. No. TX1's taken that into consideration. And they provide a suite of solutions that truly meet your cybersecurity needs. Go out to tx1-networks.com and find out more. You're not going to be disappointed
1: welcome to the industrial talk podcast with scott mckenzie scott is a passionate industry professional dedicated to transferring cutting-edge industry-focused innovations and trends while highlighting the men and women who keep the world moving So put on your hard hat, grab your work boots, and let's go.
0: All right, once again, thank you very much for joining Industrial Talk, the number one industrial-related podcast in the universe. Jason, it is backed up by data, and you're a part of a system. It's data. So it's all backed up. And we are broadcasting on-site at Fabtech. Atlanta, Georgia is the location, and it's it's three conference halls of solving problems and people just passionate about what they do. And it's massive. It's it's super massive. You have to, it's so big, you have to change the time going from one event or one site to the next site. It's that big. All right. Jason Petrie is in the house. Brightly is the company. Let's get cracking. All right, Jason, you having a good conference? Yeah, having a great conference. By the way, speaking so of far. distance, you, you guys are in, in B, I think you're in B. All the way in the corner, and, I, and and fortunately for us, there was a Gatorade stand because I think we were getting a little dehydrated and then we were cramping up and all that stuff. And now, it's it's massive. It's truly massive. All right, for the listeners, Jason, a little background on who you are.
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, my name is, again, Jason Petrie. I am the Solution Consulting Manager for Private Markets over at, at Brightly. I've been with the company since 2014. Um, and in private markets. We serve several verticals. So my team uh, concentrates on manufacturing, of course. That's why we're here. Yeah, and uh, healthcare as well.
0: So I, I, I gotta ask the question: What's private market? Private? What's private?
1: So private is basically any private, hu- privately held companies, huh? and then we have public markets, which are government and uh, and education uh, as well.
0: I was I was. I was getting all stumbly on that, then going, "What the yeah. heck is going on there?" Nothing top secret. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> top secret. About that. Yeah. Thank you very much. All right. So you've been with them for since 2014, and in this world, that's a long time. Yes, sir. Especially in the tech room. Mm-hmm. So, beforehand, did you have? Again, this is a sort of going to be a CMMS conversation, but. Did you have sort of that background in the world of reliability, asset management, all of everything? Did you have that?
1: I actually did not. Uh, I went to I went to WVU, West Virginia University. I got an English and philosophy major, um, and
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I. I see how that connects.
1: But uh, unfortunately, there's no. I couldn't go work at the English factory, right? So I didn't have <laughs> many job options. So uh, got into sales actually, and worked in banking for several years, and then transitioned into the world of software sales, uh, which which brought me here. And um, when, I, when I first started uh, at Brightly, previously Dude Solutions, uh, we hadn't even really uh, gone after manufacturing in terms of outbound activity. So I was part of the first team that actually uh, test piloted that. And now at this point, we have about uh, 1,300 uh, manufacturing clients using our
0: CMS platform. No way. Yep. That's pretty substantial. Yes, let me ask you this. Uh, what did... Was it Dude? Dude. Yep. Dude, Dude that was Yeah. What... what what industries did you focus in on there? if it wasn't manufacturing, I mean, yeah. come on, look at it.
1: <laughs> sure, so the uh, when we first started in 1999, the company was founded and it was called SchoolDude. And it was a cloud based CMMS software specifically for use in schools. Ah. Um, so we actually have about. Uh, a very high percentage of schools use our software because we've been in that industry for so long. So we just slowly started to expand to other industries that also needed cloud-based CMS options.
0: So in 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 the world of schools, what are they what are they tracking? What are they What are they doing it using it? For? So
1: their facilities, uh, preventative maintenance on things like HVAC systems, boilers, chillers, that sort of thing. But, you know, their main focus is student comfort and student safety, Uh, not only for their students and staff. And they they get a lot of requests for light bulbs out and all these things from the different teachers. So they use it for that as well.
0: Okay. I'm sorry. I digress. I just wanted to know, and you're right, how... How ridiculous that I didn't know that bulbs burn out even in schools. <laughs> I thought they just happened. They do. All right, so you're here at Fabtech. Take us through a little bit about, rightly, the CMMS system, how it applies to manufacturing. To help us understand a little bit about what that looks like.
1: Yeah, you know when you when you are here and you're walking the trade floor, you see all these different options for all these technologies, you know, all these buzzwords, IoT, CMMS, blah, blah, blah. Yes. And Manufacturers tend to be pretty slow to adopt technology, just yes. in general, um, but the maintenance department especially has often just been ignored for a variety of for a variety of reasons. But a lot of uh, maintenance departments are really in the stone age when it comes to uh, tracking. And using any type of technology, so we're really just here uh, trying to educate folks on the benefits of a CMMS. Uh, you know, trying to talk about you know they where they're coming from spreadsheets and paperwork orders, showing them the efficiency gains that they can get by going mobile and going paperless with their process, as well as understanding the the power of the data and, and what it can be used for. Because
0: yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Continue. I didn't mean it because I'm I'm already on. It's like yes, but there's such a steep learning curve to a certain extent. One and then two. Can I can I sort of proceed forward incrementally, right? And to say, okay, I got it. I feel comfortable with my spreadsheet. I've been here for you know 20 years, and I don't want something new. How do we start broaching that kind? I mean, I get it. It's important. It's important out there go ahead.
1: Yeah, so really when you're deploying any type of technology or really any type of change management it's trying to take on too much at once is one of, the, one of the ways that something like this can fail. So we always advocate for a crawl, walk, run approach. Because a CMMS does a lot. It's got PMs work orders, inventory tracking asset management. And If you try to do all that at once, when you're coming from paper, it's gonna fail. So we advocate for, you know, thinking about it as as kind of a phased approach and kind of think of each module as kind of a Kaizen project for your maintenance department. So just start with your, don't feel like you have to upload every piece of equipment right away. Just start with your critical pieces of equipment, schedule those PMs, get your teams used to using a a mobile app. And then slowly, as they see the the benefits of that, then they can scale out and and do more, um, such as add inventory.
0: And I do like that. I like that approach and I think that it's more palatable for many to be able to sort of take little bites and proceed forward. I like that. That's a big thumbs up on that. Um, why, is, why is it? Why is the, the, a CMMS platform important to uh, companies? Manufacturers, let's just think we are here. Let's talk about manufacturers.
1: Why? Yeah. So the key for for manufacturers is maintenance is what's keeping these machines running, and it's a huge financial impact depending on industry. Um, unplanned downtime. So the CMMS, really the key of it, is to try to prevent un- to unplanned downtime as much as possible through things like predictive maintenance and preventative maintenance. But more importantly, looking back at that data periodically and making sure you understand what is the condition of these pieces of equipment. Do we need to continue to repair them? Is there some type of a project that we can do? Or maybe it's time to replace it like new. Because anytime we can even uh, stop one hour of of downtime for a manufacturer, depending on who they are and what industry they're in, that can be up to $22,000 a minute in cost for
0: unplanned downtime. it's pretty staggering. As for doggone sure, let me ask you this. But I, but I have my legacy systems in place, and can you connect to my legacy systems? You ever have that conversation?
1: We do. So we, we, inter- uh, we have a couple integration options for folks that have things like uh, ERP systems, yep. and we'll just you know periodically pass inventory data to those. Yep. Yep. But when it comes to to legacy systems. While most people really don't use anything to track their maintenance, a lot of folks uh, they bought uh, an older CMMS in like the ma- mid-late 90s, and you know they're they're stored on a server, they're on site, and they're basically the same piece of software they got in, in 1995. So imagine if you were still using the same cell phone you were in 1995,
0: like right? in this passport, yeah. <laughs> I use that. That's an on old one. There you go. Sorry.
1: So it's so we normally don't really integrate with those systems, but what we what we do a lot is migrate the data um, while. The the data quality might be hit or miss depending on how it's You gotta have a scrub.
0: You gotta yeah. do something.
1: Depending on how effectively it was used in the past. Um, but we have we've have had great success in importing assets, uh, PM schedules, and even work order history in some cases if it's if it's valuable enough for them.
0: When I let's say I I'm already I'm going, oh yeah, man, I, I I recognize the necessity to be to uh, do maintenance better. Okay, I got it. And then I'm going to contact you, and I'm going to say, I'm ready. I'm interested in knowing what what can be done. How quickly can you have something up and running and being able to say, and and you got to, of course, you've got to have that asset criticality conversations like, that pump's more important than that pump, and, then, and all of that, all important. you got to create that hierarchy just because you should. But how quickly can this system be up and running and adding value as possible? Yeah.
1: So depending on the, the size of the deployment, we, we look at it uh, from around 60 to 90 days is normal is normally the, the standard. But a lot of it comes down to um, making sure that the client is committed on their side and has the resources to commit to it. Uh, an, example, an example would be, you know, we can come on site and do a two week implementation, but we need you to, to be attentive during that time and really focus on this and you know i've seen i've seen massive operations get up and running within 30 days and then i've seen very small organizations just never get off the ground because they didn't have the internal commitment to that change management and it just kind of fell on its face so
0: yeah every time we have conversations like this especially around uh technology some it happens everywhere here too it it might be you have to have that culture that is ready to be able to commit and and to do it right you know you've got to eliminate that pencil whipping to sort of behavior get the right information start to track it in a proper way and given the fact that you know if, if i'm a small to mid-sized manufacturer and i want to compete this is this is a must conversation I'm going to have to collect that data. I'm going to have to see that insight. I'm going to be able to make that tech uh, tactical, you know, decisions. Does does Brightly also provide okay, I'm collecting data from uh, let's say a device out there in the field. I'm collecting it whatever. You're not collecting all of it. Do you have the capability of saying this is important data, this is not important data? Do do, you do any of the edge and cloud and all of that type of conversation? Uh,
1: we, have a, we have an IoT platform, actually, that we offer that's integrated with our, our CMMS. Um, but normally, if, if clients want to use, perhaps they already have a pre-configured deployment that they don't want to use the, the sensors that we offer through our, our partners, um, then in some cases, we'll, we'll talk through uh, what an integration like, might look like. Uh, but it, it wouldn't be done through edge computing, necessarily. It's just more so talking to the client, deciding what data they want to bring in and which ones, and which ones they don't normally with especially with iot devices there 's not there 's a lot of that data that might not necessarily be relevant for use in CMMS, whereas some would be such as you know runtime uh, downtime that sort of thing
0: yeah and there are a lot of devices out there that are also tracking heat vibration um, and, and those are all critical uh, data points on the health of that asset yep. and and be able to does does your platform also sort of do some a prediction type of AI analytic type of uh, approach, saying okay, I'm collecting data. Things are sort of trending upward. Let's say up is bad, so it's trending upward. Uh, you know, just FYI, you know, let's let's figure that out.
1: Yeah. So, for instance, uh, one of our one of our reports that we offer for asset management is it looks at historically how much you've spent to maintain the piece of equipment and how many issues or you know open tickets you've had on it. And it will trend those out for you. And then based on that data, it would tell you what's the next expected, uh, when is the next day for an expected issue that you might have. That's one example. See,
0: it, it, it's, it's vital to be able to have that level of insights into uh, into your organization, into the assets. And and given the fact that the reality is things are just changing so rapidly, you've just got to be able to, you it, just got to roll with it, man. Sure. See. I love it. I try to blow holes into your uh, service, but, you know, <laughs> sadly I wasn't able to. Jason, how does somebody get a hold of you? Uh, they
1: can contact us uh, on our on our website. Yeah. Um, and we'll also be at booth. What's our booth number again, Amanda?
0: <laughs> Disregard. It's going to come after. Don't. Don't worry about it. The booth will be gone by then. But anyway... Yeah, absolutely. We're going to have all the contact information. Jason, you are fantastic. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you all much the contact for information for Jason as well as Brightly will be out on industrialtalk.com. Once again, we are broadcasting from Fabtech, and it is a must-attend event. Put this on your calendar next year. You will not be disappointed because there's a lot of people like Jason solving problems, answering the tough questions, and you need to be successful. So contact Jason and Team Brightly big time. All right, we're going to wrap it up on the other side. Stay tuned. We will be right back. You're listening to the Industrial Talk Podcast Network. All right, once again, thank you very much for joining Industrial Talk. And for your support, that is Jason, Jason Petrie, and Team Brightly, delivering the goods at Fabtech. By the way, you need to put Fabtech on your conference calendar. Man, it was spectacular. Great people really doing some wonderful stuff, as well as Brightly, Team Brightly. So we we did a technology sprint. Be on the lookout for that. We went to their booth. And what a wonderful, wonderful platform delivering real solutions for manufacturers, for industry. And and you need to look into that platform in a big doggone way. Wonderful people at Brightly. As you can tell, Jason's wonderful right there. You just heard the interview. All right. We're building a platform, Industrial Talk. It's focused on education, it's focused on collaboration, and it's definitely focused on innovation. We are in support of these three three pillars because we believe that you, pointing at you in the video, you need to be successful and you need to continue to educate because it's happening fast. You need to collaborate because you don't have all the answers and there's a lot of people that want to collaborate. And definitely you need to innovate big time. All right. Be bold, be brave, dare greatly. Reach out to people like Jason, and you're gonna change the world. We're gonna have another great conversation coming from FabTech shortly, so stay tuned. We will be right.